فاشرف بي لاشتغالي بالعلم ولا تبغي به ما عشت يا ذا بدلا ويا له من شرف عظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Inshallah Ta'ala today is going to be our first day of the explanation of the book Nukhbatul Fikr Fi Mustalahi Ahlil Athar written by Hafidh Ibn Hajar Al-Asqalani Rahimahullah Ta'ala Inshallah Ta'ala before we start the book there is a couple of introduction that we should take in order to be uh, in order to understand the book Nukbatul Fikr very well. And inshallah ta'ala what I want to speak about is the first thing is in an extremely summarized manner I want to speak about the Sunnah and its position in our religion. As you are well aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sent Nabiullah Muhammad as a messenger of his, the final messenger. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sent him with beneficial knowledge and righteous actions. He sent him with bilhuda wa deen al-haqq, beneficial knowledge and righteous action. And the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did that is so that it can become apparent over all other things. And our Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he conveyed that message in which he was entrusted with. And he fulfilled the promise and the covenant and the oath which he took with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And our Messenger, he fought in the way of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala until certainty came to him, i.e. death. And what our Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came with is two revelations. The first revelation in which he came with is Al-Kitab, the book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And the second revelation which he came with is the Sunnah. And these two, the Kitab and the Sunnah cannot be separated. And the one who tries to separate these two will face a severe consequences in this world and in the hereafter. And inshallah ta'ala, we're going to see the evidence for that. And anyone who holds on to those two revelations, the kitab and the sunnah, the messenger told us alayhi salatu wasalam, that those people will be privileged and they will be honored the day of judgment to come to the Prophet sallallahu fountain and to drink from it and for their thirst to be quenched and they no longer will be thirsty ever in their life after that day. Al-Imam Hakim he narrated in his Mustadrak in Hadith Abi Huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and Shaykh al-Albani rahimahullah he authenticated this in his Silsila Hadith al-Sahihah and he also authenticated it in 
his Jabir al-Sahih, that the Prophet said, alayhi salatu wasalam, taraktu fikum shay'ayni, I have left two things with you. Lan tadillu ba'dahuma, you will never be misguided after those two things. Kitab Allah, the book of Allah, wa sunnati and my sunnah. وَلَنْ يَتَفَرَّقَ حَتَّى يَرِدَا عَلَيَّ الْحَوْضَ And whoever departs from this world and he dies, holding on to the kitab and the sunnah, that individual will be privileged, he will be honored the day of judgment in coming to the Prophet's hawd, the fountain of the Prophet that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored the Prophet with. The Sunnah, my beloved brothers and sisters, is Hakimatun ala kulli ahadim. The Sunnah, it governs everyone. It's, a, it's an authority above every person. And a person's Iman is null and void if they don't take on the Sunnah of the Prophet and if they reject it. And a person's iman is not correct if they are not pleased with Allah's law and they don't surrender to it. As the Prophet as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَضَيْتْ وَيُسَلِّمُ تَسْلِيمًا Surah An-Nisa, Ayah 65. Fala wa Rabbika, they are truly not believers. Hatta yu hakimuk, until they make you their judgment. Fima shajara baynahum, in the arguments and the disputes that they have. And when they make you the judgment, O Muhammad, la yajidu fi anfusim haraj. They don't find any burden or hardship in their heart towards your law. And your judgment. تَسْلِيمًا And they surrender to it. Meaning they open their chest towards your part, your law. They find in shirahu sadr. That they can accept it happily. So the iman is being negated here. Kamaluhu al-wajib is what's being negated here. The wajib of the person's iman is being negated. This person's Iman is truly deficient. The harm that comes from opposing the Prophet والسلام, its effects are faced in this world. And a punishment is stored for the person the Day of Judgment. Al-Imam Muslim narrated in the Sahih من رواية السلامة من الأكوعي أن رجلاً أكل عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. الإمام المسلم نريته إن الصحيح. From the رواية of سلمة بن الأكوع. That the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم next to him a man ate, and he ate with his left. So the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام said to him, كل بيمينك. Eat with. Eat with your right. كل Eat with your right. The man responded and he said, لا أستطيع, I am unable to do so. Then the Prophet said to him, 
lastata'ta may you never be able to do so ma mana'ahu illa al-kibra ma mana'ahu illa al-kibru nothing prevented this man from eating from his right I'm eating with his right except arrogance he was able to do so and so when he wasn't following and adhering to the Prophet's statement when the Prophet clearly instructed him eat with your right and he refused to due to arrogance the Prophet said to him may you not be able to may Allah take that ability really away from you and then the narration says the man wasn't able to lift his hand towards his mouth his hand became dry and this was a uquba and a punishment in which he got in what in this world this is a uquba which is ajila it happens now in this world and also there is a uquba that awaits for the person in the hereafter and imam Sorry, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sorry, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Qur'an in Surah Al-Nur, Ayah 62, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَنْ تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةً أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ فَلْيَحْذَرْ Let them be cautious. الَّذِينَ the ones يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ that are opposing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's command. What's going to happen to them? أَن تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةً They are going to be afflicted with a fitna. أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Or they're going to be afflicted with a severe punishment. Now this is a what? This is a warning. A severe warning. For anybody who's opposing the Messenger وسلم, That one of two things is going to happen to you. Number one, and to see Bahum Fitna, Fitna is going to happen to you, which is going to happen in your heart. Fitna is, Fitna here is, Zayrul Qalbi, the heart will deviate from the truth. And the person will become a disbeliever after he was a believer. His heart becomes tainted. The person doesn't recognize the truth and he's unable to understand the truth and he's unable to know the truth. He's also unable to know the falsehood because his heart has become like a cup upside down. The reason for that was because he opposed the Prophet's command. Also, أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ The second severe warning is a severe punishment will happen to that person. This severe punishment can be in this dunya. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala afflicts you with what? Afflicts you with severe illnesses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He also makes you come into contact with the Muslims and they fight against you and you die on their hands and etc.
or a punishment will await you the day of judgment. A adab will await you. And this adab is in accordance to, the, to your opposition of the Prophet If your opposition to him is fully in the sense where you disbelieve in him, then you'll stay in the hellfire forever. And if your opposition of him is less than that, then your punishment is in accordance to that. So it's important to understand that the Sunnah of the Prophet is a second form of revelation. And its position in our religion is high. It holds a very high place in Islam. And the ulama, rahimahumullah jami'an, they wrote works on this, which they spoke about the Sunnah and its position and its place. And what does it mean? And those who claim that they only follow the Qur'an, which is now sadly a growing group who refer to themselves as Qur'aniyun, Zuran wa Buhtanan wa Tadlila. They refer to themselves as those who follow the Qur'an. And this is only a form of fooling the Muslims by calling themselves the Qur'aniyun. Because we know they ain't holding on to the Qur'an. More than 33 places in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala connects the Prophet sallallahu obedience to the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what Qur'an are they following? The Qur'an itself is what's commanding them here to follow the Messenger alayhi salatu and that's a whole different discussion, insha'Allah ta'ala, which we will designate a, a series for them, debunking and responding to the Qur'aniyun, those who say we only follow the Qur'an, and the doubts that they try to bring forward, insha'Allah ta'ala, we will make for it a series, insha'Allah ta'ala. The second introduction. The second introduction that I want to speak about is the ulama, especially the muhaddithin, the muhaddithun, they stood up to protect the boundaries of the sunnah. They made sure that the sunnah is protected. And the way they did that is in two ways. Number one, they protected its wording. And number two, they protected its meaning. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He used them to protect the religion. He used them to protect the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As Allah said in the Quran, inna We are the ones who have sent down the dhikr which is the Qur'an, and it also is the Sunnah. لَحَافِظُونَ And we are the ones who are going to protect it. Surah Al-Hijr, Ayah 9. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the previous nations in which He sent, He entrusted their people and their scholars to look after their scriptures. The Christians were told to look after their own scripture. 
and to protect it from distortion. The Jews were told to do the same. As Allah says in the Quran, min They were entrusted and they were told to protect their books from any distortion. As for this nation, we were told to protect, we were sorry, we were informed that Allah is going to protect our religion for us. That Allah is going to protect the Quran and that Allah is going to protect the the Sunnah and the way Allah is going to protect it is through the Udul, the reliable scholars and the Ahlul Ilm. That's why there's a hadith that it's Sanad is Hassan, inshaAllah ta'ala bi mujma'i turuqiha when you bring all of its narrations together, which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Yahmilu hadha al-ilma min kulli khalafin uduluh. That this religion, it will be it will be held and it will be held up in the in the one who the ones who are going to protect This knowledge is going to be carried by the reliable ones. What are they going to carry it and hold it? They're going to hold it and protect it from what? From the following. The distortion of the extreme one. And the tampering and the indulging of the criminal and the falsehood one. So they protect from distortion. They also protect it from the wrong interpretation. And they also protect it from the evil one who wants to get hold of the Nusus al So this religion is protected through those people, Ahlul Ilm. They protect it by its wording, as I said, and they protect it by its meaning. And the scholars of hadith, they refer to the two by ilmul hadithi riwayah and ilmul hadithi dirayah. Ilmul hadithi riwayah and ilmul hadithi dirayah. What does Ilmul Hadithi Diraya mean? Ilmul Hadithi Diraya means the understanding of the Ahadith and the fiqh of the Ahadith, the meanings that are derived, that are extracted from the Kitab and the Sunnah, especially the Hadith of the Prophet, especially the Hadith. The fiqh that's taken from it. That is known as Ilmul Hadithi Diraya. It's knowing the fiqh in the hadith. Is when a person studies Bulughul Maram, when a person studies Umdatul Ahkam, and Arba'in al Nawawi, and Riyadhul Salihin, and Bukhari, and Muslim, and Abi Dawood, and Tirmidhi, Ibn Umaj, and Nasai. All these books, 
you're taking a ruling from it and you're taking understanding and meaning from it the second type is known as ilmul hadith riwayah ilmul hadith riwayah is knowing narrations it is knowing the narrations and it's to know the chain and the sciences pertaining to that the scholars they divide ilmul hadith riwayah into two and we're only going to be talking about ilmul hadith riwayah since we're only going to be studying Nukhbatul Fikr, there's no need for us to talk about Ilmul Hadithi Diraya. The first type of Ilmul Hadithi Riwayah is what? It is a type which is Navari, it's theoretical. It is what? It is theoretical. And the second type is practical. It is tatbiqi. It is what? Practical. The type that's theoretical is what's known as mustalahul hadith. The type that is known as Mustalah al-Hadith. Mustalah al-Hadith is Ilmul Hadith riwayatan and it falls under the first type which is Nadari. It's theoretical. You're learning theories, you're learning principles. That's why the definition Ibn Hajar gave for it is it is principles which you will know the situation of the narrator and who he is narrated from. Pay attention here. Ilmul Hadithi Riwayah or Mustalahul Hadith. Mustalahul Hadith, Ilm al Hadithi Riwayah, what does it deal with? It deals with the Senate and the Matan. It deals with the chain and it is also going to deal with the Matan. How is it going to deal with the chain? It's going to deal with the chain basically knowing the, the integrity and the reliability and etc. pertaining to the narrator. Uh, and also the the method you're going to learn from the angle of who it's attributed to is it hadith on qudsi this method is it allah's wordings is it the prophet's wordings is it the wording of a companion so is it marf is it hadith on qudsi is it hadith which is marfu' is it hadith which is uh or is it maqtu' 
So is it the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is it a statement or is it something that's attributed to the Prophet? Is it attributed to a companion? Or is it attributed to a tabi'i? And it also deals with the senad of the hadith. The chain of the hadith. And that is bi'atibari wusulihi ilayna. Looking at it from the angle of how it reached us. Are we all together on that? Lakin, even that the ilm al-hadith al-riwayat, and that's what it deals with, it's two types. Number one, it's nadari. You're only learning theories and principles. And that's known as what? Mustalah al-hadith. And some of the ulama call it usul al-riwayat. Or they call it usul al-hadith. Usul al-riwayat is sometimes called, and sometimes they call it usul al-hadith. And sometimes they call it mustalah al-hadith. Those are terms that they give it. Mustalah al-hadith, what do you learn, my beloved brothers and sisters? You learn principles in how to know the narrators and how he narrated from him and etc. This science, which is Mustalah al-Hadith, we're going to be talking about that first, which is the Nadari first. Mustalah al-Hadith, just like any other science, it started off as different researches in different um, different researches as in little buhuth, re little researches were done about it it wasn't a science fully completely written there were random units of it that were written there were random topics of it that were written and that's how many sciences are they come about by random, somebody talks about مثلاً, a mas'ala in this book of his, another one talks about another mas'ala of him uh, here, and here, here, and guess what? Later, somebody takes all of that on board and he makes a whole science out of it. He makes a what? A whole complete science out of it. Like for example, one of the early people who had actually written in this field who had actually spoke about it and who had authored in it is Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i But Shafi'i did not write it as a science, did he? He didn't write it as a science, Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i. There are some mabahith al-mustalah in his Kitab Al-Risala. He talks about Mathal Al-Khabar Al-Wahid. He Mathal talks about Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i, the Hadith Al-Mursal. You see, he talks about khabar and etc. Matters like that, Shafi'i will deal with in his Kitab al-Risala. But Kitab al-Risala is not a Mustalah al-Hadith book. So you see, it was this is how it was at the beginning. Rather, Mustalah al-Hadith was actually it was amalgamated with Usul al-Fiqh. It was part of Usul al-Fiqh at the beginning. And it wasn't distinguished from it. And as you know, Imam al-Shafi'i, he died which century? The third century. He died 204. So he died in the third century, in, in, in the early first century, third century in Islam. Hafiz ibn Hajjar rahimahullah, he said, إِنَّ التَّصَانِيفَ فِي اصْطِلَاحِ أَهْلِ الْحَدِيثِ قَدْ كَثُرَتِ 
للأئمة في القديم والحديث فمن أول من صنف في ذلك القاضي أبو محمد الرامه المزي في كتابه المحدث الفاصل حافظ بن حجر يسير النزهة النظر في توضيح نقبة الفكر that this science مصطلح الحديث the books that have been written in it are excessive and they are large in number they are large and they are a lot in number written by the early scholars and also written by those who came after but the first person the first person who had written in the science of hadith as a science not topics here and there but rather they directed their efforts towards writing a book in science of hadith mustalah al-hadith was Al-Qadi Abu Muhammad Ar-Ramahur Muziyu Ar-Ramahur Muziyu Ar-Ramahur Muziyu He has a book called Al-Muhadith Al-Fasil Inshallah Ta'ala we're going to touch on it a little bit بإذن الله الكريم Hafiz al-Muhaddis said something very smart here. He said, فَمِنْ أَوَّلِ He used the word min. Hafiz al-Muhaddis. Because he, he can't say that the first person unrestrictedly was Al-Qadi Abu Muhammad Ar-Ramahur Muziyu. He can't. Because it could have happened somebody that was writing it before him or had written it before him. This concept of this being the first it's something very, very hard to be said, generally. Scholars, when they say that, they only say that in accordance to their knowledge. Or they base it on غلبة high speculation and high assumption. 